All right. All right. We are, we are here, here back, back with the Home Field Advantage podcast. We're actually the last time in our inaugural season, inaugural year, 2022. This is Big Mo. I have Action Jackson with me. Action, you there? It's certainly a better middle state than it could have been, uh, and, for, and at, least, at least for me it is. Uh, and we uh, we promised our listeners last time that we broadcast actually from the stadium, but uh, fortunately for the sake of everybody's nerves, uh, that did not happen. <laughs> it actually did not. Uh, it, it was it was a heck of a game, as for uh, I'm sure as everyone knows by now, Arkansas. Uh, beat Kansas in the Liberty Bowl in triple overtime in one of the wildest bowl games uh, you'll probably ever see. I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of takes you can have from this. Uh, what are your What are your first thoughts on what you what you saw last night, Jackson? those 25 words jackson sum up uh what we spared all our listeners from um by by bringing this you bringing this podcast to you today rather than yesterday because it was uh it was frenetic i I think one thing those words have in common is they run the entire gamut of emotions um and that's what it was i i i was at the game uh had had good seats for it saw, saw everything all the plays uh it was i will say it was a beautiful night out there it was a beautiful evening 
sun was shining, temperature about mid fifties. And, uh, it was just, it was a great day for football. It felt like fall football weather out there. And, um, for most of the game, I mean, it was, it was like a party. I mean, we were, we were having a good time and, and it, it's almost felt like it was too easy. Um, it felt at times like it was almost too easy. Like this was really kind of too good to be true because most people that, you know, the, obviously the over under in the game was, was 69 points and, and most people expected it to be a shootout. I was joking that this was going to be like a tennis match, you know, you just watch it go back and forth. But our defense stepped up in the first half um, with with turnovers. You know, the, the turnovers were huge. Yes, they were. And and so, but due to our defense, our, the offense did what it was supposed to do, scored 31 points in the first half, but the, the Kansas didn't score. They they were held down um, to 13 That's points in the first half. That's not a Liberty Bowl record. Well, that's, that's good to know. That, there yeah. Was a lot of records that, you know, and I heard a stat today that Kansas was ranked in the well into the top five most of the year in yards per carry on rushing, and we held them to 59 yards through the regulation and overtime. 59 yards rushing. So the whole defense as a whole wasn't such a debacle, but, man, we've got to find a way to shore up the backside of that defense somehow, whether it's transfer portal or other young guys come, you know, step up, and uh, I think we got a headhunter back there again, and, and one named Quincy McAdoo. Can you can you describe to me the, the feeling when he when he tattooed that that tight end across the middle? Uh, do, you know, any, any thoughts on that? Well, the one stat that, that on the defense, obviously the the two interceptions were huge. The one stat on the defense that really uh, defines the game for me, is we only had three sacks. Yeah. Arkansas had three sacks in the game. And if you remember back to the LSU game, just, uh, you know, barely, not even two months ago, against what's supposed to be a better team in LSU, we had nine sacks. Right. Now, meanwhile, Kansas had zero sacks. Yeah. Kansas did not, did not sack us once. And, um, I give as much credit to KJ on that as the offensive line because there were several times, well, uh, our listeners will, of course, remember the um, the end of the first half. And you have to remember, we scored 31 points in the first half. But the first half essentially ended with us throwing an interception from, our, from the nine-yard line. So it... <laughs> We were inside the 10 with a minute left to play, about to tack on another seven points. It was only through that interception that they kept us off the board there. But the play that set up that um, last play in the first half was about, a, I want to say, a 30, 40-yard run, 32-yard run by, by KJ. And he was, as our listeners will, will remember, he was literally, I mean, being dragged down by a, a lineman had him by just b- both sides of his jersey and was dragging and he he dragged the guy for about a yard or two and eventually he lost his grip and he took off and ran for 32 yards but that was a that, that was as much of a it, it was borderline whether the official should have just called it 
Mr. for his protection or as opposed to just letting him stand there with a guy hanging on him. But uh, fortunately, the official didn't call him down, uh, just, you know, based on forward progress and let the play continue, and the guy couldn't get him down. He, uh, right. So I give as much credit to KJ for the zero sacks as the line because there were times he could have been sacked, but he escaped. Um, and, you know, and to, to, to throw a nod at the defense, even though the sack number wasn't big, Kansas only gave up nine sacks the whole year coming into that game. And we, we got to them three times. So okay. you know, it, it might not have been as bad as that as we thought, but, you know, we, we still wanted to that, – that quarterback from Kansas, because, you know, I, I know our secondary was, you know, young and missing players, and we had guys that normally don't play back there. But, you know, that, that Kansas quarterback, he, he seems like he's special. Well, yeah, well, now he's mainly a runner, if, if I'm not mistaken. And keep we kept him in check big time in that regard. But uh, – uh, anyway, going into the second half, um, we were we were well in in control, and then, then of course we scored a touchdown at the end of the third quarter to make it thirty-eight to thirteen. Which, as I kept reminding anybody who listened to me uh, last night after the game, that's a four-possession lead, not a three-possession lead. That's a four possession lead with 18 minutes and 15 seconds left in the game and at that point you have to get the feeling and it's obvious to everyone who watched it that the referee started to feel very sorry for kansas and you got to give kansas a lot of credit i'll certainly start off with their fans i'll tell you from being at the game there were a ton of kansas fans at that game it was not far from a 50-50 split. I'd say it was... Kansas for showing up. Yeah, I, if, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say it was 55% Arkansas, 45% Kansas. But they had the other side of the field, on, on their side of the field was pure blue and loaded with people. So you had a lot of people there who, who made the drive or the flight to Memphis and were cheering on their team. And I, I feel like the officials... I uh, felt like, hey, we've got a lot of people here cheering for Kansas, and uh, we, we don't we don't need this to be a, any more of a blowout than it is. And they started getting some calls. They started getting some calls. Um, and, you know, there's no doubt about it. The officiating played a huge role. Uh, Jackson, any any calls in particular that you, you felt uh, that, that made it into your list of 25 words or it helped to inspire them? Well, you know, I, I, as you know, as, you know, listening in on the game on the you know the Arkansas commentators, uh, when when Quincy McAdoo hit their tight end across the middle, uh, basically you know a, a, a knockout blow, uh, you know, and he's had to be helped off the field. There were Kansas fans wanting to target him flag for a clean hit, and I was I was just thinking as I listened, don't throw that flag. I'm, I'm listening to the guys that, you know, one of them played football, another one's pretty knowledgeable of the game, there's a clean hit. So they're they're wanting a foul for a clean hit. So as you fast forward in the game, we're, we're icing the game. The game is fixing to be put on ice. And, you know, I, and I think for the most part that Kendall Brown's called a good game. 
the, the gutsy call to, to throw the bomb on third down, uh, you know, third and three to hit the long ball to Matt Landers, great call. Running the reverse, another great call. The yep. officials just held Kansas out because I'm hearing from ESPN guys on the radio today that, that Matt Landers, not only was his elbow down, but his whole back is laying on the field, and they call it a fumble. There's no way on God's green planet earth of football that that was a fumble. And it's what sparked Kansas' comeback. But what do teams do? If you're a good team, which I think Kansas is a good team, you take advantage when you get a call like that, and that's what they did. Now, I don't know why we didn't (laughs) – the sickening part came in with why we didn't recover the onside kick. That's where the sickening part comes in. I mean, because the uh, announcers are like, we're running away from the football. Your job well, is I, hands I, I, I would, Yeah, I was there, Jackson. Football. I can confirm. So on the onside football. kick, I mean, let, let's just kind of take it in order here. Um, first of all, like you said, we're, we're going into um, – we're late in the third quarter, and we have a, a 25-point lead. Have a 25-point lead. We score. We scored a touchdown. DeBanion scored a touchdown, and and by the way, he obviously did great in the relief of uh, uh, injured uh, Rocket Sanders. Um, but he scored a touchdown with 8:43 in third. It wasn't until 3:15 left in the third that uh, Kansas finally gets their uh, their next touchdown, make it makes an 18-point game with. Uh, with 18 minutes left to play. So, um, I mean, uh, I do agree with you that Browse called a good game. However, however, at the, the, you don't blow a 25-point lead without there being some fault on the offensive coordinator. I, I agree. And, and, and what we got, and we've we've done this in the past. This is not the first time this has happened. This obviously happened against Ole Miss. We're Ole Miss. We were beating them forty-two to six, and the last quarter and a half was a twenty-one to nothing Ole Miss run. Now, uh, again, people say that you know Sam called him off and this or that. Well, if if anyone got called off when it was thirty-eight to thirteen. I hope that sends a message to everybody. We don't need to be calling anybody off until we're at basically the kneel down stage of the game. Right. Uh, because any complacency just about costs us this one. Uh, we, we, they, they scored, made it uh, 38 to 20 there. And then every time we got the ball, we were doing basically our best to not, not get yardage. We, we were just we were trying to get yards three yards at a time. And if you do the math, three yards at a time still leaves you with fourth and one. You're still and that's only an, if all those three plays work and actually get three yards. That, that was basically our philosophy, uh, is to just basically get extremely conservative and not try to play offense anymore. No aggressiveness on offense. Yeah. The, the aggressiveness went away. Um, we ended up letting them get another field goal, obviously, uh, early in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, and then at the end there, um, like you said, on the Landers play, the elbow, the problem with that play for me, 
that when, that the, when ball the ball goes, goes loose, the official, the official should not call it a fumble immediately. They should let them, you know, let the ball be recovered and returned, and then later on replay determine whether it was actually a fumble or not. Well, the problem is uh, that gives the uh, benefit of the doubt to a fumble. Right. And not to uh, someone being down when you don't blow the whistle. So what they did was they didn't blow the whistle when Landers landed <laughs> and uh, the ball came out because the theory is you can go back and look and see if it was a fumble. Well, they went back and looked at it and it looked close. It, it looked like it might have been, you know, uh, it, it wasn't indisputable that it, that it wasn't a fumble. Now, Clearly, in, in my view, and I think any Razorback fan's view, uh, he had complete control of the ball when his elbow came down the ground. You can clearly see that, okay? Now, at, at what point that ball started coming out, again, it, it, you know, it, there's, there is some room that you could possibly, possibly dispute that. You know, I'm sure Kansas would have disputed it if it went the other way. Right. And the, but the problem you get yourself into is because it was called a, f a fumble on the field in order to let it play out, the officials couldn't overturn it. That's why the the call on the field by the officials was not that it, the call was confirmed. The call was not confirmed. The call stood. The call was the call stands, and right. that's what bothers me. Is you tell the officials to do that, and then. The person who, when the ball, when their elbows down, that they get rooked because the call has to stand now because they couldn't call him down to begin with, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, I, I don't know what's got to change, but I mean, I'm not going to call for a universal change of the replay process, but you know, something's got to give because what what happens when that when something like this costs somebody in a big game, like a national championship game or something, you know? Uh, you you got to get that call right, and uh, I mean to me it was just an atrocious, horrible call, misuse of the rule, and uh, we're fortunate that it didn't cost uh, our beloved Razorbacks a, a, a bowl win because it, it that was the that was the turning point. I mean I guess that's all Kansas needed was a little wake up, like hey we're getting our heads beat in, now we get this break, let's go out there and make this a game, and they took advantage of a tired defense that already. Was, was subject subject to what was coming, and now they're tired. And I mean, that's why I put I put uh you know exhausted in there in those 25 words to describe that game because our our defense was wore out. Kansas ran 90 plays on offense, 90, not counting the overtimes, 90 plays that our defense was on the field. You know, the, the offense has got to they got to squash some of that. You know by staying out there a little longer, I 100% agree with you that even though there was a good game called, uh, you got to sustain a drive and help your tired defense, even even if you're up by 25, you know, so, uh, yeah. See, at, the, at, at the time Landers fumbled, we were hit by 15, and um, I, I'm not saying, I can kind of understand the call. Because we put ourselves in the situation to have that call go against us, you know, especially if you're uh, from the bowl's perspective and the viewer's perspective. I guarantee you almost every fan out there who was not didn't have a, a rooting 
interest one way or another was hoping that Kansas would get that ball back because if they didn't, I mean, obviously, if, if Landers goes down, if he just goes to the ground where he's at, doesn't try to get another yard, goes to the ground with the ball, the game's over. It, they, the, Kansas had exhausted all their timeouts by that point. There's about, you know, you know, at, at in less than three minutes left, I don't remember the exact exact uh, time that it happened. Um, let me see if I can get the time on here. definitely you know time was ticking down because i think we were in a position where we get a first down we can just take a knee and end the game yeah it was about two minutes left it was about two minutes i'm looking at uh two minutes and two seconds so no timeouts for kansas we've got the ball you know be inside the, the the 35 at least on their side of the field with two minutes two seconds and they have no timeouts that's three knees three knees and then maybe a field goal or a runner. I mean, it's a 15-point game. The game's over if he just yep. goes to the ground with the ball. The only right. way the game's not over is if somehow the ball gets loose on that play. So you have to also remember that we have to do a better job of situational awareness knowing you don't need to get any more yards. You're just trying to get that first down marker and then you're just trying to go down, you know? And, um, and and just hang on to the ball for dear life. And so we, right. we kind of put it – and so I can kind of understand the call. Um, the referees wanted to, um, you know, give the benefit of a doubt towards a good game. And um, I think technically it was the wrong call, but, but Arkansas opened itself up to, to be in that situation. But still, if there's two minutes and two seconds on the clock – you still have a 15-point lead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so so let's let's start. Let's just start right here. Let's. Uh, you right. know, we've had we've had we've had a lot of griping and and a lot of things went right and wrong to this point. But the bottom line is, there's two minutes left in the game. Kansas has no timeouts, and we are ahead by 15 points. What happened in the next two minutes is truly unbelievable. It's really? truly unbelievable. Good work. Jackson, can you can you just take us through what, what, what happened here? Oh, you know, it's, as I sit here and think back on it, it, it it's still hard to, to conceive or, you know, to, to foresee what went wrong because, you know, we, we got to stop them. I mean, all you got to do is keep them out of the end zone. The game's over. But what do we do? We give up a touchdown. Give up the extra point, and now all we have to do is recover an onside kick. Used to be one of the most exciting plays in football to me. You're the good hands team for a reason. When the ball is kicked, you go get it. You secure this possession. Your team takes a knee. You win the game. The problem is, as the guys on the radio announced, we didn't have any desire to recover the ball. We we've run from the ball. Almost like, hey, you go ahead and get this onside kick. We're going to make this more interesting. And Kansas recovers the onside kick. So I'm, I'm almost like, you know, the, the, the Christmas song, Where Are You Christmas? I'm just wanting to scream out and sing, Where Are You Defense? Why can't we find you? Why are we going to lose another bowl game? Because you're not showing up. And what, what, what do they do? They go down. 
They score. They get the two-point conversion. And now I'm, I'm, I'm still shocked sitting here talking about it because now we're going to overtime with the team that just a few minutes ago we were up by 25. Well, here, here's the uh, – here's I'll say here's the main problem with this. Okay, Kansas gets the ball back after the fumble. We, didn't, we don't agree with the fumble call, but it is what it is. And I, I was I, I was a little bit wrong on the time. I think it was about three minutes and ten seconds on the clock. Three minutes and ten seconds on the clock. So they had three minutes and ten seconds in which to overcome a 15-point deficit. Now, I can perfectly understand Kansas scoring a touchdown. Well, most teams – who were competent, and Kansas very, definitely very competent scoring the ball, have been all year. Uh, they're going to score a touchdown in three minutes when they get the ball at midfield. Okay, So I'm, I'm not shocked by that. As you pointed out, Arkansas defense was worn out. It's late in the game. We're not a second-half team to begin with. And uh, we, uh, we, we, it's been 90 plays. We've spent 90 plays on the field already by that point. And for the most part, a lot of you know, a lot of players, frankly, may have somewhat checked out with it being ahead by 50. I mean, basically, if that call had gone our way for Landers, which was reviewed, if he'd gone our way, the game's over. So at that point, a lot of defensive players had to believe when Matt Landers crossed that first down marker that they're not going to step foot back on the field. Game's over. Season's over. Already in the showers. They're, they're, they've got one foot already towards stepping toward the shower or stepping towards the uh, beautiful Liberty Bell trophy that they eventually got to hoist. Yeah. But, um, so I, I, I honestly can't blame them for giving up that first touchdown. Once you give up that touchdown, though, you've got, you know, a minute, less than two minutes to, I'd say a minute and a half was, was what they had left on the clock. Uh, in which you need to just recover the onside kick and take three knees and celebrate. And the onside kick was, I had a good view of this too. They kicked it right on onto my side of the field too. And um, that was the, I can't say it any other, I can't say it nice. It was the most pathetic attempt. And I won't even call it an attempt. No Arkansas player attempted to recover the ball. The ball went past the first row of guys. They fell on the ground just trying to block the guys running through them. There was one guy in the backfield, but he didn't go for the ball. He also tried to block somebody. The ball just bounced straight up in the air. A Kansas guy ran past the first row of guys and untouched with no one really within a foot or two from him. I think at the last second, the Arkansas guy tried to uh, tried to, uh, you know, stab at the ball or make some kind of jump at it, but he wasn't that close to it. And the Kansas guy just grabbed it just like uh, just like it was almost, um, you know, a practice drill or something and fell to the ground. It was a complete, and, and uh, later I've heard uh, people say that our, our designated onside kick recoverer was bumper pool. And, of course, he was hurt. That may be so, but somebody's got to know that role somebody's got to step in those shoes and you have to have not just not just one you have to have multiple guys going for that ball multiple guys but to not have anyone going for that ball and just let a kansas guy run through 10 yards down the field and catch the ball right in midair on the hop and then fall to the ground it was it was an embarrassment it was an embarrassment 
you know, and this is where the, the, the nail-biting started coming in because now as an Arkansas fan, I'm sitting here thinking, we're fixing to lose this game. That's the well, thing that began to go through my mind, Mo. We are fixing to lose this bowl game in such a fashion that it's going to be talked about for generations to come. We're going to be the laughing stock of college football once again, that we let this league go. And not only do we let it go, but we lost this game. And so, yeah, I man, I, the, the nerves really started setting in uh, as they uh, once again got the ball back because I had no doubt they were going down the score because, once again, our defense is just, I mean, our, our defense is, is, is past exhausted at this point. At least from where I was sitting, I, I felt like uh, we had a decent chance of stopping them. I, I felt like I started looking at the positive, which is, yeah, they recovered the onside kick, but we still have two different ways to win this game. One, we can stop them from getting a touchdown. And number two, we can stop them from getting a two-point conversion. So, you know, we, we still had two chances with a minute and a half left. What shocked me was how quickly they scored. They scored with 24 seconds. Took them 24 seconds to put the ball. They scored so quickly that we actually had 41 seconds of time left after they scored and got the two-point conversion right. in which to um, in which to try to go down and, and kick a game-winning field goal, which was also a debacle, a complete debacle, in oh, which, uh, you know, we, we had a completed pass there, and we decided for some reason, we had all three of our timeouts remaining, but decided not to use the timeout and wasted about 13 or 14 seconds. I never could figure out whether we were trying to run out the clock and not risk it, or whether we were trying to actually get the ball downfield. Yeah, um, it was. It was I, I was scratching my head. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. So it it was it was just the end of the game exposed to me a lot of preparation and coaching flaws that we had because a yeah. well coached team. And again, I, I I'm still in favor of Sam Pittman. Um, I think he, he does a lot of lot of good things, and overall, he's he's got him in the right direction. Um, but at the same time, he's got a lot of, of improvement to do too. Absolutely. He's got a lot of improvement to do. Totally agree. And and but you don't blow a twenty five point lead without right. bad coaching. I mean, and bad preparation. But but I'm, I also have to put a lot of that on on of course Browns. But, you know, it's the offensive coordinator's job to have some kind of uh, plan for how you can get the ball in field goal range when you have all your timeouts, three timeouts, and 41 seconds to go, and somebody who's throwing the ball as well as, as K.J. Jefferson was. That yeah, should we, we should have at least been team. threatening for, for field goal range, you know? That's, right. That's 41 seconds plus all your timeouts. That's a lot of time to get about 50 yards or really 40 yards, which is all you need to get that field goal. And we didn't even get across uh, midfield until the final play when the clock was at zero anyway. Um, so anyway, we go into uh, we go into overtime now, right? Right. Defense first, which is what you want. You want to go on defense first. Yes. I don't know we're, why. We're on defense. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, go on defense first, and what happens? Uh, another Kansas touchdown. Pretty easy. Uh, a pretty easy touchdown. 
Um, well, we had a situation where, uh, uh, again, we, we did the right thing. The defense played well on the first possession. They got yeah. the fourth down. And, and well, to me, yeah. that's a no-brainer. Fourth, fourth and goal from the two, you got to kick the field goal, right? If you don't get in from the, from the two-yard line and you go for it, that means all we have to do is kick a field goal and the game's over. So I was, I was very surprised to see Kansas go for it, basically put the game on the line yep. on fourth and goal from the two. Um, yep. And, and, and I, I, think that, I think that's because they had no respect for our defense. They, I mean, they, I, I think at that point they knew we couldn't stop them. So, well, they, we almost did. We, we, we defended that play pretty well. Uh, we, we blew up the play. The quarterback scrambled to the right. And unfortunately, our defensive back felt he had to make a decision between maintaining cover in the guy in the end zone or stepping up to stop the quarterback who was running for the pylon. He decided to step up, and the quarterback apparently had not crossed the the two-yard line yet and just flipped it to the guy in the, in the end zone. He probably should have stayed with the guy in the end zone because there were two linebackers coming for that quarterback anyway. But, yep. you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and, and they got away with it. Yep. But then... Going offense. Going offense. And and uh, Arkansas Arkansas steps up and uh, and returns a touchdown of their own. Um, and uh, actually, two plays. We had a uh, uh, first, it was a, a five-yard completion to A.J. Green. And then K.J. took off and took matters into his own hands and ran for 20 yards in for a score, kicked the extra point, and we're back tied again. But, you know, that means we got to to go on offense first in the second overtime, which is a lot of pressure. Yeah. And and I think this is where we make a beautiful play call on the tunnel screen. Is Is that right? Is that the first play of the second overtime, the tunnel screen for a... Nineteen yards. Six. I'm I'm sorry. I, I got that backwards. Actually, the uh, the first first touchdown was uh, DeBinion running in from six yards from six yards. It was a uh, we we completed to Matt Landers for nineteen yards down to the six on first down. Then on first and goal, we gave it to DeBinion in just two plays, and we ran it in from the six yard line. That KJ Jefferson was the second overtime. That was his run. Yep. So grand total of four plays and two Arkansas touchdowns. And you know, and, and you know, he throws the uh, the two point conversion pass uh, on that in that second overtime to another freshman, uh, somebody that hasn't played a whole lot. You know, and, and Jalen Jalen Wilson. Yep, uh, Jalen Wilson. And, and and what a I mean, what a, a great uh, play call that was. So, you know, then, then obviously, you know, we couldn't stop Kansas again. They get a touchdown, two-point conversion, make it look easy. All right. All right. Take, take us, us to, to the, the two-point conversion in the second overtime, Jackson. Well, I mean, the, the, like I said, the, the, you know, the defense gave them an easy touchdown in overtime or what it seemed like to me uh, in that second overtime. But – now we got a chance to end the game because they don't get the two-point conversion. Game's over. So the quarterback runs out of room. He's trying to make a play, and we tackle him. The ball game. I mean, the announcers, 
they say there's a flag on the play. And I'm like, what in the world can a flag be on the last play of the game? And then they start talking targeting on Quincy McAdoo on the hit that ended the game. The game's over. And upon review, you know, if, if they review it as targeting, the game continues. If they say there's no targeting, the game's over. And they call it targeting so they get another chance, which we know is the other chance, you know, comes the comes through and they, they get a two point conversion and uh they're successful. Um, yep. your your thoughts. Well, this is one of those where I'm glad that I have the benefit of seeing it uh up close and personal on uh via technology before commenting because I did not see this angle of the game. What happened was the quarterback was running towards the end zone, the first defender comes up and he tackles him low. Excellent tackle. Puts his face mask right into his backside, you know, right, right, uh, uh, you know, below, below his belt, uh, right there, but from the backside while he's trying to spin around him and wraps his knees up perfectly. Just a wonderful form tackle. Um, while the guy's going down, you had three other Razorbacks jump on him. And one of those Razorbacks coming from behind was Quincy McAdoo, who actually, I mean, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but I, I'm assuming he, he might be the defensive player of the game with nine tackles and an interception uh, on the game for the Hogs. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about other things he did in a minute. But he comes in and he does, I'm watching this, being replayed over and over here on Twitter because I couldn't see this angle. What I assumed had happened was when that guy was being dragged down, somebody came in of the three players and hit him with the crown of their helmet. Um, and and there was a penalty, and I just couldn't. We couldn't see it on the replay because it wasn't the proper angle. Well, somebody who's sitting in the end zone has posted this on Twitter. And what actually happens here is McAdoo does the exact thing that you're taught to do. He comes in, and the quarterback is falling to the ground backwards. He's falling down his back. And so McAdoo is coming up from kind of behind in the side of him, and he puts his right shoulder pad right on his helmet, and he puts the crown of his helmet right on the football just like you're taught to do in order to force that football out. The football goes shooting out of his hand and down to the four or five yard line because McAdoo's tackle was so on form. He hit his head with his shoulder and put his helmet on the football and actually dislodged the football. Wow. And to think that that would be called for targeting did his helmet somehow graze his helmet as he was going across his face mask to get to the football it's hard to tell but if there was any contact at all it was a graze it certainly was not any type of intentional helmet to helmet contact because the helmet actually got on the football and actually sent the football flying four yards away it's exactly how you would uh, uh, 
how you would teach someone to tackle. Excellent. Not only is it not an illegal play, it's it's a, it's an exemplary play. And so this is this has to go down as again. I don't want to do too much complaining because we did win the game. And uh, but this was this would almost cost us the game, and this was one of the worst calls that I've ever seen. I've ever seen, and I, you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, these, uh, you know, roughing the the passer and targeting uh, penalties that used to be just called football. Um, but but this one here, even even a yeah, even well, someone even if you're you are the type who believes that. You know, we need to have very strong safety measures. This is not a penalty. I don't think anyone – but what, what, what the amazing thing is is they reviewed it. They reviewed it. I'm not sure what angles they saw. I doubt they saw the angle on Twitter because this is posted by somebody who was sitting in the end zone uh, and not by a TV camera. But um, I don't know what angles that they saw, but they ended up confirming that it was a penalty, which, which to me is even more egregious. You know, although you would also feel bad as Kansas if it was called targeting and then they reviewed it and it's not clear and then you took it away. I will grant grant to you that it's not real clear whether there was any uh, contact, but at the same time, it's real clear it's not a penalty. Even if there was some incidental contact, it's not a penalty. Right. You know, and, and once again, the referees have opened the door Yeah. So what happens, Jackson? Did, did that, do we stop them again? Well, no. They, they, they get the two <laughs> conversion. We go to the third overtime. And not a third overtime. Third overtime. Man. There were people who were hoping to get back at a decent hour, Jackson. We're not going to third overtime, are we? No, we, we're going to the third overtime. And in the third <laughs> overtime, we get the first crack at it. These, again, these two-point conversions, it, it kind of reminds me of penalty kicks in soccer. And a, a great play call. Uh, you know, got a run pass option for KJ, and he flips it to to Rashad Devinian, and you know, on a wheel route. And for a, a, a you know, just a, a majestic two point conversion that we desperately had to have. So Kansas comes back out, and, and here's where here's where bad play calling hurts somebody. Their quarterback had been torching us the whole second half, Big Mo, in the overtime. Jalen Daniels has been playing out of his mind. So what do they decide to do on their two-point conversion? They're going to run a reverse pass and let their receiver try to throw a two-point conversion pass to send this to a fourth overtime. Well, what happens, my friend? It goes five yards over anybody's head, out of bounds, and Arkansas wins the Liberty Bowl. Arkansas wins the Liberty Bowl. As they say, all's well that ends well, but, man, what a – what a ride to get there. What a ride you to know, get and, there. And, you know, you know, we probably spent way too much time, Van, talking about this last football game of the year. But <laughs> this is our second bowl game of 2022. We won one back, if anybody remembers, in a bowl that doesn't even exist anymore, the Outback Bowl. We did beat Penn State. K.J. Jefferson was the MVP of that bowl game. Fast forward to December 28, 2022. Let's run it back, K.J., is the MVP of this bowl game. You know, so, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing that K.J. Jefferson is your offensive player. <laughs> of 
you, you, I, he has to be. Now, I will say, Matt Landers made it somewhat close with, uh, you know, uh, especially his play in overtime, also his play during the game at 121 yards and touchdown. We would not have won this game if Matt Landers was not on our team. Hands down, no question about it. decided to play one more game before he goes to the NFL. So, yeah. you know, kudos to Matt Landers. And, you know, and, and, and but, kudos to KJ because he set an Arkansas record for offense in a bowl game. For total offense in a bowl game, the Arkansas record book for the foreseeable future is going to have KJ Jefferson as the best offensive performance by a Razorback in a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, that's just, good. just remarkable. I was and, there. You know, for, for defensive players, <laughs> you know, I would have to give a nod to Quincy McAdoo, but I'm going to – I'm a linebacker at heart. I've got to go with with, with Lou Paul. Chris Paul Jr. had 12 tackles, had seven solo tackles. He's playing in the place of, of an injured bumper pool, uh, and I just thought he played out of his mind. So i got to go with Chris Paul Jr., Absolutely. I will also say Matt Landers. I may have gone with Matt Landers, except for that last fumble. He just goes down like we've talked about. We win the game. But and again, it it what I hate to hate to say it was a fumble. You know, it's only only officially a fumble. It really wasn't. But still, you've got to find a way to get on that ground with in possession of the ball. Had we have won by fifteen or twenty-five or whatever big goals, this podcast would not be near as interesting. That's they true. That's, hey, that's run. what they were going for, for apparently. For us. And, you know, and, and for you to be able to be there and experience all of it, I mean, what a – I don't know. I, I still want to say that Arkansas Athletics, the future is bright because a lot of the stars in that game are young guys, guys that, you know, haven't seen a lot of playing time this year, you know, from – from Jalen Wilson to Tyus Washington to Rashad Devinian, you know, to the defense, Chris Paul Jr. and Quincy McAdoo and Dwight McLaughlin, you know, who decided he is going to come back for another year. So our secondary could be pretty sound with McAdoo and McLaughlin back there. So I'm going to, once again, I'm going to say that the, the future that, that Sam Bittman is putting together does appear to be bright, but I want to throw this in here, you know, as the season has come to a close. I think Sam Pittman has got himself to a place now where the expectations are going to be very high for him. And it's unfortunate for Coach, but I think he's probably he's probably at a place where he's got to go win eight. I think we got to have eight this next year in order to in order to keep our beloved coach on, uh, because I think there, there's going to be some restlessness in Razorback Nation if we don't if we don't get to that eight or nine win mark uh, for 2023. I'm going to – I can't say I, I disagree with your assessment, but I'm going to strongly disagree with that, that sentiment or that reality. Because let me tell you, if Sam Pittman does not win eight games next year, he's not going to be on my hot, hot seat because he just won two bowl games. We just beat Penn State, and we beat a very good Kansas team that would have beaten a lot of teams. And you don't have to look far, but – a little bit south of us last night, and you saw uh, what a Big 12 team did to an SEC team who was ranked much higher than them with Texas Tech pretty much mopping the floor with Ole Miss. And, uh, and so far, we're the only SEC team with a bowl win. Do 
mode. So far in bowl season, look at it. Look at the stat sheet. As of last night, when I resided and went to bed, we were the only SEC team that's won a bowl game. It, it speaks for, to me, it speaks for itself. Sam Pittman, he, he, he to me, earned a lot of um, good graces by getting that seventh win, making it a winning season, beating Kansas, and let's not yep. forget, he beat Ole Miss this year. And, I mean, yep. beat, him, beat him going away. Uh, if Lane Kiffin, as long as Lane Kiffin is the coach of Ole Miss, Sam Pittman needs to be unquestionably. Again, he, to me, it's not even – he does have – what I want to see from Sam Pittman next year is I want to see tangible improvement. I want to see us not make the same mistakes that we Absolutely. did this year. And the big mistake – I don't want to see us blowing leads. We blew leads to Texas A&M. We tried to blow a lead to, um, to, to Ole Miss even, let them come back. We, we completely messed up the Missouri game in every way you can possibly Absolutely. do it. And, and then we, uh, we tried to blow the Kansas game. But even with all that, yeah, even with all that, you, you still have a good quality wins over Ole Miss, over Cincinnati, over a very, what's looking like a very quality win over South Carolina. And um, a, a great win over Auburn. Uh, I mean, Auburn wasn't a great team, but still, any time you beat Auburn, it, it's it's a good year. Any time you go into Auburn and win a football game, it's, it's, that's a good win. Exactly. And so, and, you know, and, and I, I'm not I'm not saying that I would be calling for him because I'm just saying what the sentiment is of Razorback Nation and how they are. And it, it, it's sad, but I, to me, I, I would almost say regardless of the record. I want Sam Pittman to at least have two more years. But with what we have coming back on offense, uh, you know, we, we should be able to compete just like we did this year. And, and to throw another thing out there, all those losses that we had, most of them were one-score games. And what did we win last night? We won a one-score game. We proved yeah. that we could win a one-score game. Yeah. You know, not that we – it should have never been there, you know, the bad calls and all that. I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even going to. Well, the highest that we've ever signed, big mo. If you go by, if you just go by player by player, it's the highest class we've ever signed in the history of Razorback football. So, you know, to say that he's doing a bad job, I, I can't say that. Yeah. You know, we don't know what the new defensive coordinator is going to do. Still, in that bowl game last night, that was an interim defensive coordinator. The guy, the poor guy of. Probably not even going to be on. Michael Sherr is probably not even going to be on the on, on the coaching staff on football season. But yeah. For a half, he coached a, a, a really good game. So we don't know what the new. We don't know what Williams brings in when he brings in. And, and, you know, yeah. we don't. We don't know. There's a lot of unknowns, but we do know that we're going to have a starting quarterback. Some teams don't even know who their starting quarterback is going to be. We got a solid backfield. Some teams don't even know who their starting running back is going to be. We've got three returning offensive linemen. You know, 
So yeah, I believe that improvement's already there. We just got to do it in the win column. Well, I, I think if we do improve with, with not making the, the mental mistakes and the coaching mistakes that we've made this year, if we do improve those, I think eight wins is inevitable if, if you're including the bowl game, which I'm hoping uh, wherever we play next year, we can make it obviously to a bowl and make it a third consecutive bowl victory for us. Obviously, we would, have, we would want nothing more than KJ to be able to hoist the MVP of the college football playoff. Yes, we well, want him to hold that trophy. We don't no. we don't know if we're gonna get that opportunity. But you know Now I, I have to I have to speak out now as, as kind of the offensive uh, uh, you know, more uh, inclined commentator here. Um I uh, you know, I, I like K J and and he was you know, he impressed me in the bowl game. I, I have a I have a developed a, a increased respect for his game and I was very very impressed with what I saw well, obviously we wouldn't have won that game without him and we've uh, sadly uh, the truth is we would have beat won the LSU game if we would have had him on the field this year okay. only reason we didn't beat LSU was because he was he was out um, so I, I have a lot of respect for KJ and I'm we definitely <laughs> I've seen the alternative and the alternative is not good at all uh right now at the same time do, do i think kj is the type of player who can take us to an sec championship game i, I have serious doubts about that i have not if if he is he's going to have to do more than what i've, I've seen him do because right. what we've seen his his style of game is it, it's just not set up for it's kind of frenetic, you know. He he gets in grooves, and then he gets in in kind of cold spots. He has, you know, times where he's aggressive, and and I, to me, a lot of it comes down to his legs. There's times, there's certain teams that he's able to run against, and there's certain teams that that just shut him down when he tries to run. They contain him in the pocket. If you contain KJ in the pocket. He's not going to beat good teams when he's contained in the pocket. He has to, when he's when he doesn't find his first two reads, his instinct is to take off with it, and that's what helped us win this game against Kansas. Is because a lot of times he found his first two reads, and when he didn't, he was able to escape, and he was able to put up. I, I, I want to say it was 130 yards rushing. 130 yards. It was over 100. 130 yards rushing, 287 passing. So, again, if you have a team that takes that turns that 130 yards rushing into 30 yards rushing, you know we don't win that game. So, we're we're going to need to develop a different offensive scheme or come up with a different game plan for KJ because the the type of offense we're currently running. I do not see us competing for uh, an SEC West championship or, you know, going into Alabama. We can we can give those teams good games, uh, you know, when we have a good night. But this this is not a team that I um, again I'm not discounting that they make a leap. But as it stands today, if if the same players come back and they play the same, you know, we're 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 looking at the uh, at the eight win 
hopefully, you know, December 31st, January 1st bowl area, not not in the college football playoff. I mean, that's that's a good that's a good assessment. I, I mean, I have a hard time disagreeing with any of that. Uh, you know, uh, from from a uh, fan standpoint, and uh, I'm I'm a big KJ supporter. Uh, I want to I want to see him. Uh, you know, silence on his critic. Yes, I would love him to, but but I count myself still as a critic. I I, I have I, I do I have I have doubts about whether he can win those big games when we need him to win it. And all you have to do is look at the Missouri game. Anybody who can't beat Missouri, with as bad as the fan base wanted that game this year, and you've got first and goal from the four, and we and again we played a great game yesterday. But it's the consistency. How can you go from not being able to stick it in with a game on the line, first and goal from the four, to scoring 55 points and win, and win the Liberty Bowl? It's you got to be consistent. And that's what we don't have from KJ yet, is we don't always know which KJ is going to show up to the field or, frankly, which KJ is going to show up to the half. You know, he was a much better player in the first half than he was in the second half yesterday. Exactly, and that's probably the biggest root of the problem is if you give him the right scheme and the right offensive coordinator, he can do a he can really live up to his potential. But he's not the type of guy, say, like, a, for example, I have to throw out the name Matt Jones. To me, Matt Jones is kind of the epitome of somebody who he's going to be a great player no matter what offense you give him just because of the talent and athleticism. You know, and KJ has that same talent and athleticism, but again, he's going to have the same. You know, Matt Jones never, uh, you know, won an SEC championship. Obviously, we went there with him, but um, uh, he, he uh, last uh, senior year, obviously had a losing record. You, you, you can't overcome, you know, the scheme around you. step out there and say that I hope Kendall Bryles is not going to be in a position to take our advice next year because he should not be the offensive coordinator for the Razorbacks. I just said it. Put me on the record. Anybody who's made as many mistakes as he's made this season. Again, I'm all for Sam Pittman, but there, right. Kendall Bryles needs to be coaching Division Two or, or some other some other schools. Hire him up. Send him to UNLV like we did with Odom. Let him work out the kinks there. 
but do not do it at Arkansas because the, the, I just saw so many problems with what he was doing. It's it's. Well, I, um, I think you and I think you and LV and Coach Odom. I think they're satisfied with the the, the OC that they hired in Bobby Petrino. So I don't I don't know if they'll be looking. There you go. Yeah, they won't <laughs> be. Yeah. So so. But you know. Uh, speaking of that, though, I mean, well, I, I guess I won't go there. No, it'll be but, a uh, hard, <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to I do want to throw out. And I think you you know you alluded to it before the recording today that you know we we weren't happy we're never happy with with a loss to LSU, but a, a three-point loss on the road in, in basketball to LSU is is uh, it's, it's an acceptable loss. Uh, now, they do have to come back and see us on January 24th on the, on the heels, so we'll have to deal with them up there. But, uh, you know, just a, just a quick nod to basketball. And, and also oh, yeah. to throw one out there for the sports world, uh, sports world lost to Nikon today, uh, you know, in the passing of Haley. So, uh, yeah. Big loss to the sports world, but uh, big, big Mo, it's always a pleasure, man. Do we, do we got any last thoughts for the fans today before we, before we say goodbye on this uh, the last episode of the year? Uh, I think that about wraps it up. I will say that uh, the current plan is for us to be coming to everyone live, or as live as we can be, I guess. There's always delay in, in posting. But um, uh, on Monday... Monday, January second, uh, as uh, right. as Big Mo is planning to be in Dallas and and watching that Tulane versus USC bowl game, which kicks off at noon Central Time on uh, I want to say it's on ESPN. Let's see if I can get the yeah, I believe you're correct. See if I can get the station for you here. Look how your stations come out. But anyway, it's the only game that's going to be on on noon. So you shouldn't have had trouble finding it. Just flip through your stations on uh, January second. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, I guess I guess fans all all I can end with is uh, my same old mantra. I just say, "Amen," and uh, it's been a pleasure. Amen. Amen.